Okay, it's no secret. We can't find enough people to work. Where are they? If you're in business, you've had this conversation so many times, and the worst part is there's never a solution. So what do we do? You're listening to The Human Resource, and my name is Pandy Prideborn a business consultant, actually HR consultant. What am I saying business? I'm an HR consultant here in Cincinnati. And we are coming to you from ICRC TV. And today's guest is going to approach that whole conversation of the workforce shortage. And he's going to do it in such an eloquent manner that all of you are going to walk away from this podcast or this show and say, oh my gosh, Why has no one ever told me this? Yes, where did I find this expert? Well, again, if you've been watching my show, if you've been staying with me over the last few years, this is not a a, a new face. Walt Tracy. Hey, Pandy, nice to be with you. You've set the bar very high there. (laughs) (laughs) President, right? President of At Work Personnel. An owner, yes. Oh, don't forget the owner. That's right. Uh, and that with my, act- with my wife, I should add. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Angela, he's not forgetting you. That's right. <laughs> you know, owner is important because you're suffering just like everybody else. You're a staffing agency. You're trying to find workers for other companies. No, exactly right. Uh, so we, we, yeah, we. That's what we do every day, right? Is uh, find workers to help our uh, client employers. So why did your presentation blow me away the other day? I, I have to preface this a little bit. I was in a group of, of other business owners, and Walt was the presenter, and none of us really understood what he was going to to present, and we all walked out of there absolutely blown away. Yeah, I, I, and I think it's because uh, with the pandemic and things like that, we think uh, some of these are just cycles we're going through. Maybe it's a little harder now, but it's going to ease up, or that kind of, or maybe the pandemic caused some of these things, and and certainly the pandemic has created some of the workforce issues. But I, I think probably the shocker of what we talked about is that this is uh, you know kind of a train that's been moving uh, rolling toward us for a while. Um, it was exacerbated, certainly uh, during uh, COVID, but uh, but also that uh, the train keeps rolling in terms of the challenges of continuing to find people, and it's going to be that way. It's going to be with us for a while, and, may- and maybe that's uh, maybe that's the part that hurt to think uh, again. This isn't something we're going to kind of you know skip through for a while. Uh, this this issue of finding good talent is going to be with us. Well, what. Your your presentation involved all these charts and and it was data that it was presented in such a way that there's no denying what you're saying right now. This was not a switch that just got flipped with the pandemic. Yeah, I think that's right, uh, and and I can't take uh, credit for that. There's some uh, demography researchers who have been doing that. Uh, there's a, uh, in fact, a paper published out there called the uh, demographic drought, and and that's the material that I was drawing on. I I, I think a lot of folks uh, forget here uh, now, um, you know, a, a couple of years past the pandemic, but uh, but before the pandemic started, right? We were at about three point six percent employment uh, or unemployment. 
Uh, we were already at a place where, for the first time in decades, the number of job openings had flipped to be higher than the number of people looking for work. So, so you could begin to see the trend even coming. And, and again, the uh, pandemic kind of changed perspectives on that. But as the economy grew back out of the pandemic and we move forward, uh, all those demographic uh, things that we saw at the time uh, began to show up again. And, uh, and so I don't know if you want me to you know, start going into what some of that research uh, said. Absolutely. Let's just hit them between the eyes. This, this is stuff that they need to know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what's happened is the combination of uh, several factors, uh, right? But, but the first is just uh, boomers. There's a reason they called us uh, boomers. I'm one. Um, and uh, that's because uh, post-war, there was a huge huge birth explosion that has created a huge pool in the workforce. And so th- those folks of us referred to as baby boomers is because uh, they had a lot more children, right? Uh, or they're the result of a lot more uh, children uh, of their parents. And that, and that group has been moving through the workforce for 40 years now. Um, those folks are beginning to retire. So that's one of the big impacts. And that accelerated actually during COVID. At the same time, kind of post that generation, birth rates have actually been below replacement rates. So kind of the standard uh, idea is uh, it takes uh, 2.1 children, if you will, to kind of maintain the population. Uh, Birth rates have been below that since about the mid-70s. And so that's all that is beginning to catch up with us in terms of population such that the projection we've seen for the next uh, 10 years is is uh, over the next 10 years will end up short some like 6 million people uh, in, in in terms of just the population of workers available for us to draw from. And that's U.S. citizens. That's U.S., yes. I'm sorry, but that's that's devastating. It, it is, and, uh, and and we can think of a you know a number of uh, uh, you know reasons that might be the case, but 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 on top of that, now you do have some pandemic influenced things where uh, things like uh, flexibility, work life balance, those kinds of things have begun to uh, come into play more, and and so all that does is put an additional tightening on what was already going to be a again a demographic issue to begin with. Yeah, I thought it was fascinating that you reminded us of of the number of people that have just decided to stay home. They, they've spent time with their family, suddenly realized, wait a minute, I don't want to go back to the office and I can't afford the childcare or I was barely able to con- afford the childcare. I'm just going to stay home and we're, and we're going to adjust to a one income family. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And and part of that is because uh, there was some really nice salary growth that happened over the, some of it because that's of this right. tightening, that's right? right. Uh, there was terrific salary growth that happened so that again, uh, uh, two, you know, two earner households, one of those earners got a nice bump. It was easier than to make that decision that maybe we want to become a one earner household and, uh, and, and offset some childcare costs, some commuter costs, all of those kinds of things that, uh, are costs of going to work as well. Yeah. And then of course you, you said we can't deny the number of people who have put their own shingles out under the gig yeah, no, that's a great point. And uh, so there's a number of factors of even, uh, you know, because part of it is the population itself. But uh, there has been this interesting phenomenon over the years of lower uh, what we what, you know, the economists call the labor force participation rate, that that number has come down, which is, you know, actually the people out of the working age population who are actually working or looking for work. Uh, so that that has steadily declined over 
time. And I think there's a few reasons for that. One you touched on, which is, I think some of it, the economists don't know how to measure the gig workforce, right? Uh, The folks who are out there Ubering and door dashing, uh, or again, in professional contexts, hanging up their own shingle, taking contract work, uh, all of that. It's very much harder, I think, for, uh, for economists to kind of factor in how much of that is going on and how does that affect the uh, workforce population. Um, But then there's also some who've just that all that flexibility also has has maybe shifted down the amount of time they work. So you see a lot more kind of part-time workers. I think we talked about this that morning that, uh, you know, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, uh, impacts of the baby boomer wealth creation is some of their children are living off of that wealth That's and maybe right. not right. working as much as kind of historically, uh, you know, those age uh, folks would. That's right. So again, because we are who we are, the human resource, we have to discuss what HR influencers should be doing in their workforce now to deal with, because what we just talked about, some of that stuff we have no control over. There is absolutely nothing. The show was not about solutions in preventing the shortage of the workforce. So we're going to move beyond that. And if that's been a mainstay of your conversation and you're whining and fussing as an HR person, get over it. Okay. He just gave you all these reasons why you're not going to be able to fix it. Go back and tell your president that you're not going to be able to get hundred percent your CEO, whoever it is, have him listen to this podcast. Um, but what can we control, right? We want to get, we want to find a solution somehow. And you brought up some very good points that we've even talked about here on the show that HR influencers or representatives should be really focusing on. Yeah, I, I, I think you're, uh, I think you're right. Uh, you, you know, Pandy, I know I, I watch your recordings and I know y'all hit on, uh, on a lot of these things uh, already. And, and some of us, again, stuff we all know and we just have to do consistently and do better at, right? Yeah. Uh, so some of it, you know, we talked uh, even, uh, even that morning when we uh, presented is, uh, is just the idea of, yeah, it does take a mindset shift. This this stuff is actually happening, and so you have um, instead of saying you know kind of pretending it's not and going on as a business as usual, you really do have to take the mindset shift that says, well, in the same way that I would market to my customer about my product and that kind of thing, I've got to take that same approach to talent. I, I've got to. Uh, I've got to woo them. I've got to advertise to them. I've got to treat them well when I get them. I've got to retain them well. I've got to do all again. I I view it like a you know the same way you would a, a client or customer that you you really have to take that, and, and then that mental shift begins to drive the things you do about uh, how you approach them. We talked about even just you know right the language of job ads and job descriptions, oh, yes. right? Of uh, you know no more of the uh, you know mandatory drug test. I need a hardworking, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's got to be much more a candidate oriented, um, something that speaks to the candidate, uses language that talks about uh, flexibility, career opportunity, the things that are attractive to a candidate and that kind of thing. So that, that's just maybe one example of how to think differently about how you, uh, how you speak to your talent. And attract it because you and I come from the old school, you know, you need to get in here and work hard and earn your pay. And the people that are going through Indeed or ZipRecruiter and some of the the other ads or or posting places are looking for a little bit more fluff. So let's go even beyond that. Um, And, you know, you and I have had offside conversations about this, but people need to understand, or let's say management teams need to make absolutely sure that they know the skill sets that they're looking for 
and what would be appropriate for the positions that they have open, who will or what competencies will meet the needs of the business, and then maybe even do assessments and tests to yeah. assure that they're getting that. I, I think that's right. And and I'd even say, though, uh, examine that skill set requirement uh, carefully. And, and we've even seen some uh, folks taking a, a relook at uh, kind of job design. And, uh, you know, so I know we've had the conversation about, uh, uh, again, do you have degrees, you know, required degrees or those kind of requirements in your job description? Yes. Probably need to back off of that and begin to move that to particular skill categories that I'm looking for. Um, but I'd, I'd even go a step back, you know, from that and say, um, can I even pipeline folks from this? So, so even can I back down the skill set a little bit and uh, take an onus on me that if I find that right general skill set that I'm looking at, I can make some investment in their upskilling to get into the specific role I need them at. But, uh, but either way, to your point, uh, you know, I, I'm a huge advocate of assessment to say, how do we actually determine underlying skills? Um, but again, it, you got to go, you got to go through the exercise of figuring out what are those right skills? What are the skills I need for that particular position? Again, it's uh, used to be easy to rely on degrees or other things as indicators. And, yeah. and we're going to have to work a little harder than that, probably. Yeah. And, and it was interesting, a, a conversation in regards to hiring uh, advanced knowledge, I still tell clients, look, you need to grow your own as much as possible. There is nothing better to say about a company or a company be able to boast about than, oh, well, we promote from within and, and we, will, we will give you the resources. We will help you with training. We will do everything we can to not only keep you, but help you grow into your aspirations for your career. No doubt about it. And I think upskilling, investing in training uh, yeah. is really a double win, or a, a triple win, right, if you will. Yeah. Certainly, it's a win for the employee, right, because uh, they're going to they're gonna learn their skills, hopefully progress in their job and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a double win for the employer um, because by investing in them, and especially if, you, uh, if you're doing it internally on specific jobs in your organization, you're going to get productivity, right? One of the ways we address the whole population and demographics issue is improve productivity. So we're going to get some productivity, but you're also going to get a huge retention win, right? That's one of those big things that employees are looking for is, are you going to invest in me? Or are you going to give me a, a promotion path? And by doing that, you address retention, which is, again, another way to win in this demographics game. Yeah, I, you know, again, your presentation was so well done. And it has so much credibility behind it. But it's not what we're being told in everyday conversation. The news, news reporters, they're not telling us this. Um, economics, or economists, they're not telling us this. We have to tell each other and we have to encourage and build the knowledge and, and find those solutions to help each other to get through this kind of stuff because, it, like, as you said, it's not going to go away and we can't control it. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's right. And, uh, and and it's like everything. Uh, again, we're all going to go through that challenge together. But the people who do get the mindset shift, the people who do take action, get proactive about how to address it, they're the ones who are going to you know be the winners in the talent acquisition, right? A deficit of 6 million people in 10 years. How many of you will be in the HR role in 10 years? How many of you will be running your business and dependent, thinking that you're going to double and triple the size of your company and dependent on even more skilled labor 
And now you know that there's going to be even fewer people available. Hopefully we can uh, keep addressing this issue for you because this is the human resource. Walt, thanks for coming. Great to be with you, Pandy. Really appreciate the information. I got to keep you in my back pocket. My name is Pandy Pridemore. Hope to see you and have you listen again. Take care.